unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And once again, happy to be back with you after a week off. And I hope you all had a terrific 4th of July holiday coming up on this week's show. It's our midseason baseball analysis. My baseball guys, Jay Cresswell and Joe Finger, will be here to help me break that down. Jay and Joe standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a few moments. And by the way, next week, we have scheduled our baseball broadcaster breakdown. When uh, Eric Lopez and Adam Eaton join me for that, uh, we've had some good time doing uh, football, college basketball, uh, the NBA, and now we'll uh, turn our attention to Major League Baseball. That will be on next week's show. A little something to help you get through the All-Star break. Well, the Tampa Bay Lightning will have to wait yet another game to make it back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. Montreal winning in overtime last night. The Lightning still up three games to one. And you hope they want to go ahead and close that thing out. If you get 3-2, you start getting a little nervous. Although, in a Stanley Cup final, it's only been done once. A team coming down from 3-0. That would have been... In 1942. And that team was the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, the match being played currently as uh, I record the podcast. Uh, Results will not be available due to the timing of this. But uh, uh, the Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady against uh, Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau. Matchup, and you know, I watched a little bit out of curiosity because you want to see how the the quarterbacks play. We saw Brady last year, so you could see what Aaron Rodgers' game is. See if he's better than that, and he was a Jeopardy host. <laughs> a lot of people lauded him for his Jeopardy uh, hosting. I thought he was okay; it didn't ring spectacular to me. But uh, I don't watch Jeopardy all the time. But uh, and you know, it's it's hard to grade against Alex Trebek. That's for sure. But uh, the big thing I wanted to see about the match was the venue. The reserve at Moonlight Basin in Big Sky, Montana. Oh, my goodness. What a beautiful golf course. And lots of uh, elevation in play. Uh, uh, neat little things like that. Uh, I would say that place is definitely worthy of having a major at one point or another. We're hitting the midpoint of the Major League Baseball season, so it's time to give you a first-half analysis of the season. Joining me now are my baseball guys, Jay Cresswell and Joe Finger. Gentlemen, thanks for being on. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, as we get started, we we must do the roll call and check off on each other's teams. So, uh, Jay, I'll start with you because uh, I'm actually getting a look at the Pirates this week since they're playing my Braves, and you hung 11 on us last night. Uh, uh, So a good high point in the season there, I guess. Uh, uh, But uh, so far on the year, the Pirates 31-53, and and, uh, pretty much where you expected them. Yeah, absolutely. I predicted 100 losses. They're on pace for 103 or two. Um, And here's the thing, you know, they have on any given night, maybe four position players that actually should be in the major leagues. 
and the rest are guys that are just filling spots until these other guys are ready from double A and A, which will be another three or four years. The trouble with that is uh, there are three of their best players now are going to get traded by the trade deadline. Adam Frazier, who should actually bring back something. He's the starting second baseman in the all-star game. Um, Tyler Anderson, the pitcher who's been, despite his record, been very good. And he's a lefty with a quirky delivery, which tends to throw the batters off. And also uh, Rich Rod, the closer, who's only had maybe one bat outing all year. And there are other teams that might use him as a setup or a seventh inning guy who could use a guy like that. And what they need to get in, in, you know, in return for that is a hall of talent, young. So that's only going to make the losses pile up faster and fewer people in the seats but I actually have some hope for this uh, hierarchy at the, at the, at the team that they know what they're doing because they've done it before at other organizations. So it's okay. I'm not, you know, they're terrible. Most of the time they do fundamental things stupidly, but I think the light at the end of the tunnel is not a train. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to ask you uh, if, if you thought they would be in sellers indeed. And of course, obviously Frazier is the, is the nugget on that team. And I guess the other interesting aspect, uh, you know, watching the game last night is, you know, you have a pirates team that does not have a lot of power and it's a big ballpark, especially on the left side. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, and they, they certainly like key Brian Hayes is not a power hitter yet. And he hits best to right and right center. Uh, so he's not going to pull balls into those left field stands or into the north side notch out there in left center field. They they need a right-handed bat who actually has some power, and I don't know that there's one in the minors right now either. Now, as far as, you know, right field, it's a short porch, but it's also 21 feet high, so it's still not just an easy poke to get it out there. They just don't have any power. Yeah, and it's uh, kind of tough to win games that way and, and you know, do you think maybe they can discover an anomaly where they play more old school kind of baseball? I mean, they, they do have guys in the lineup that look like they're, they're really good at extending at bats and, and uh, putting the ball in play. Yeah, I, yes, you were right. And they really took that tack this year. You know, they want to move the guy over. They want to steal bases. They want to go from first to third on hits to the outfield. They want to take chances scoring from second base. Um, you know, they, they have to small ball it and play old school. And who knows, maybe old school will come back uh, when pitchers learn that they can't doctor the baseball. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So, uh, uh, of course, I'll keep a uh, watch on that series this week uh, as well. And, uh, Joe, let's uh, take a look at your Minnesota Twins. And, you know, they got off to a terrible start. They have not played horribly uh, of late, at least by, by my estimation. You may have a different opinion on that. Uh, 35 and 48, still 13 and a half games out. Uh, give me your thoughts on the Twins season thus far. A uh, huge disappointment, and I do think the season is pretty much over as far as any type of playoff run for the Twins. I wish I could uh, think differently, but I, I really don't. Two years ago, when the Twins had that great season, and, you know, we did some shows back then, they were hitting home runs, and then the postseason came around, and they got swept by the Yankees again. And I, I remember saying on that show that night, well, the Twins have one good quality starting pitcher, Juan Barrios. Here we are two years later, and they've got one good quality starting pitcher, Juan Barrios. <laughs> uh, I think the Orioles are the only team in the league with the worst uh, team ERA, and so the pitching has just been horrible. 
They've had some injuries, but by and large, the bullpen, the starters, uh, with the exception of Barrios, have just been terrible, and it shows. Um, this is not the same team from the past two years. Uh, they have found ways to lose ball games. They have a terrible record in extra innings. They've made mistakes. They're next to last in fielding percentage. They can still hit home runs pretty well, but everything else is kind of uh, going down the, down the tubes. And I think they're in some ways a lot like the Yankees. The Yankees are better than the Twins this year, but I think the Yankees are kind of the same thing. They mm -hmm. uh, can still hit home runs, but when they don't, uh, they really struggle. And so it's, it's been a disastrous season for the Twins. And poor Byron Buxton, you know, he could have been an MVP candidate. But, again, injuries, that's been the story of his career so far. And so this is going to be a season to forget. Will they be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? You know, good question. I, I'm not sure they have a whole lot to sell, uh, except maybe Juan Barrios. I would think Tampa Bay would love to get a guy like Barrios uh, to come in and pitch. But uh, I think they'll probably sell, but I'm not sure it'll be a wholesale clean out. I certainly hope they don't get rid of what few good starting uh, pitchers that they have. Uh, and they just don't have a lot of guys uh, who I think are going to garner a whole lot. I think maybe Nelson Cruz could be a good pickup for somebody who's look, looking for a good bat. Uh, but a lot of their guys just aren't doing much. Miguel Sano, if you want somebody who strikes out 40% of the time <laughs> and walks 20% of the time and occasionally hits a two homers in a game, he might be available. But uh, I'm, I'm just not sure they have a whole lot to offer. You don't think Donaldson would be a, 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 a target for somebody trying to make a, make a run down the stretch? Possibly. Possibly. That, that, you know, that's a possibility. Uh, there's some talk this week about maybe – is his influence good or bad? And um, uh, I think that's kind of an open question right now. One of the beat writers with the Twins was saying the Twins need a guy like Donaldson, an agitator, because they've looked like a sleepy team at times. Not, not a lot of fire, not a lot of spark. So uh, that's kind of an open question in many right now as to whether or not uh, they should keep him. He, you know, and he's continuing to have some injury problems. Uh, yeah. He's, he's – been able to bounce back the last couple of times after a few days on the uh, injured list, but uh, he's getting up there in age as well. So uh, that wouldn't be a surprise if he went, but um, uh, it wouldn't be a surprise if he stayed. Yeah. It's a mission mission that clubhouse intangible because the year with the Braves, you know, he was a big influence in that clubhouse. Uh, you know, I think he, he probably uh, was one of those guys that kind of get, you know, uh, that really helped Freddie Freeman get to the next step of being a leader on that team. Freeman's more of a silent type, but uh, I think Donaldson had some influence there. Uh, you know, and the Braves uh, trudged along 41 to 43. There are only four and a half games out. Uh, in in yeah the 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 National League East is not going to have a wild card team. You're going to have to win that division to get in this year, and uh, you know the, the the struggles of the Braves. You know they've had injuries with with, with pitching. We know Soroka's terrible story, having the, the Achilles pop a second time, so he's not coming back this year. You know they they got uh, injuries uh, in the lineup. You know uh, Travis Darno. Ozuna was first injured and now probably gone for good with his domestic issues. Um, you know, when you look at all the the bats that, uh, that have, are no longer in their lineup from last year, uh, those two guys in particular, and I think the guy they might be missing more than most is Adam Duvall. Because uh, I thought he was a, was a key cog in what they did. And you look what he's doing with the Marlins and helping that young team grow. So, uh, Agreed. yeah, so, the, you know, the – 
they lost a lot of firepower. You know, uh, Austin Riley's kind of made up some of that. He's uh, he's shown some nice improvement this year. Uh, you know, and Freddie Freeman got off to a slow start, uh, but he's finally he's coming around. So we'll see. I think the Braves will definitely be buyers in in this case. You know, and you know, every everybody that's in contention will be looking for bullpen help because that's usually the uh, one of the top. Uh, uh, acquisitions you try to make but uh you know they probably need a you know they probably need a left fielder you know if they could if they could find a way to uh, to pull one you know they they've got some guys filling the spots but uh but they're not they're not everyday type guys that you can rely on rely on consistently so taylor rogers from the the twins so rogers might be available you were asking earlier about are the twins going to be selling i mean he's had a pretty good year and he's been pretty good over the last two or three years and since they're not going anywhere, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's he, a possibility. A good lefty reliever. Yeah, and probably on a lot of radars <laughs> no doubt. at this point in time. So, you know, last time we opened the show uh, talking about uh, Oshio Tani, and, uh, you know, the news comes out now, he's going to get to both bat and pitch in the All-Star game. That is but, pretty good. But not at the same time, Jeff. I'm waiting for him to try that. He's going to pitch to himself. This guy can do anything. Well, maybe not quite that. And sell some popcorn in the meantime. That's right. No, he don't sell popcorn. Yeah. But, uh, boy, what a great story. And, you know, he's now leading the majors in home runs. Uh, boy, this is just – and it'll be nice to see that he'll get some recognition in the All-Star game. Hopefully there'll be some viewers – uh, for that broadcast uh, because, you know, we don't see them on the East Coast. I mean, thankfully, they played against the Yankees recently, uh, so they got a couple of national spots in, but uh, it'd be a treat to see them. You know, the uh, I was just going to say that if, if he can't get the Angels on the radar, I mean, Mike Trout couldn't. If Otani can't, they'll never get on the radar. Mm. And I mean, it certainly has a lot to do with, you know, the West Coast thing and where they play. But this guy is the best thing going in baseball, period. And, and you know, and I, yeah. what's sad is he's getting a lot of grief now that, oh, he's not that great a pitcher, you know. So what? everybody throws 100 miles an hour, oh, just shut up. Watch the guy play. He's the best thing going right now in baseball. Yeah, Can you imagine if he was with the Yankees? I mean, uh, yeah. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. Far different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you figure how many and how many teams would like to have have him as a third or fourth starter? Yeah. <laughs> he would be a, he would be an ace on Minnesota. He would be the number one starter on the Twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a that is a definitely a great story. Anything else you guys look for look forward to with the All-Star game? I know it doesn't have the same cachet it once did. Uh, but anything you look forward to in the All-Star game in, the, in this year besides Otani? You know, i got to be honest. I, I, the All-Star games I remember were from years ago, and I have not really gotten into the All-Star game so much in recent years. I really haven't. I'll tune in for a couple of innings, you know, especially if there's some guys from, uh, you know, Minnesota. Otani would be great to see. I'll probably definitely tune in just to see him. But it, it does not – in all honesty, have the same kind of appeal for me as it did as a kid. I mean, it was a magical time, the Midsummer Classic, uh, and, and all of those great names. And I know I'm sounding like a waxing sentimental, but that's part of the game. Let's face it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know about you, Jay and Jeff, but um, you know, I'm kind of interested in it, but I, I don't have the the same spark that I did years ago. I'm with you, and I know it makes me sound like a you know crotchety old man. Um, but, you know, you look at the four major sports, 
the baseball all-star game is still the best of the four, if you ask me, because hockey's a joke, the NBA's a joke, the NFL, they shouldn't even play it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what, what, unless, unless you have an Otani, you know, pitching and hitting, I, I mean, I'm going to watch it because Frazier's starting at second base. So I'm going to see my guy come up the bat a couple of times, and maybe I'll see Brian Reynolds later in the game. But, you know, for me, unless it's Otani, you know, I – I don't care to see Garrett Cole pitch again. Um, I've seen it enough, you know, and and just to see it in the all-star game, which I believe starts at midnight Eastern time this year. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Not quite that late. Feels like it for us. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know when I have trouble in the central time zone watching things late, that how bad it really is that they're missing prime time in the East coast. Yeah, you know, and uh, of course, you know, you mentioned, you know, Frazier getting the start at second base, and I know you know this, but uh, first Pirate second baseman to start at second base since Bill Mazeroski in the All-Star game. That is saying something. And and, frankly, the last two years, Frazier has been a gold glove finalist, and he attributes that completely to working with Bill Mazeroski at spring training. And keep in mind that Maz is in his 80s. (laughs) <laughs> and it's, he didn't go this year, but every year in the past, he goes as a special instructor and works with the middle infielders. So there's there's a tie in there as well. Yeah. And I think the other aspect that, that you know, I think because sometimes it almost seems like baseball is going out of their way to ruin the All-Star game. You know, <laughs> is, is, and this comes from the uh, old man shaking his fist at the sky club. Uh, you know, now they're going to have these special uniforms. Ugh. So they won't be wearing their team's uniforms. To me, that's one of the great parts of the All-Star game is seeing all the guys in their, in their big league threads that they Agreed. wear every day. Now, the, the new uniforms, will they have sponsors on them? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that for sure, but... Uh, I don't I have, think so. Yeah, I don't think so, but I've seen them and they look... They look Actually, hideous. they will. Uh, it's brought to you by Spider Tech. Get your Spider Tech now to, to improve <laughs> your grip. <laughs> 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 that was that was oh that God. was the deal they had to make with Spider Tech to get the pitchers under their control. I guess. <laughs> but, that was great. We'll talk about that later, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, you you look at that. Uh, but, but yeah, I saw I saw the uniforms of some there, and they and they just look hideous. And it's yeah, like, whose idea was that anyway? I mean, what's, who in the world came up with an idea like? Yeah, that? And I I don't know. I know, like in the NBA All Star Game. You know, they tried u- using the team's regular uniforms and it didn't work out too well. And it doesn't work for football, obviously, either, because yeah. you have to have uniformity in your color. Baseball is different because, you know, y- your defense is set at the same time and your batters or your offense is, is, is totally separate. So you can do that. To me, that's what, uh, you know, I always think of, you know, I can always think of the, uh, uh, the, the great all-star game that Dave Parker had in the Kingdom. Uh, you know, throwing out two runners and, and, yeah. uh, and, and you know, you see in the, the, the pirate gold and, and you see all these great colors and everything like that. So, so to me, that's, that's just a big shame. Agreed. I, you know, yeah, maybe we're behind the times, but maybe they think they can sell some jerseys like that. Yeah. Well, they, I may go back that night and rewatch the 71 all-star game. I'm sure I can find it on YouTube. I mean, that was, that oh, was yeah, such sure. a great game. Yeah. yeah. A little yeah. nostalgia. Reggie yeah. Jackson off Doc Ellis. Yes. <laughs> and the mammoth home run. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's where the phrase light tower power origin uh, became known, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, all right. So you guys brought up the, the, the spider tech. So let's talk about the, uh, the, the change now where they're uh, cracking down on the pitchers for the illegal substance uh, usage. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel worse for the umpires in this situation because yeah. they're having to police a big mess uh, and, you know, and they'll do what they're told, obviously, but uh, uh, definitely a quote unquote, I'm going to say it's sticky situation. <laughs> so, uh, 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 Joe, let's get your thoughts on this first. Well, I want to know how long has this been going on? I mean, like, what was that? It was a number one hit back in 76 with yeah. Ace and Paul Carrick, I think. But, but has this been going on all these years? I mean, you guys remember back when we were kids? Uh, I remember Gaylord Perry used to get in trouble for throwing a spitball. <laughs> uh, was that so that he could grip the ball more effectively and increase his spin rate? And, and be, it was it really the same thing going on then, except now we've got all of this high-tech verbiage that we're talking about? Uh, from what I read, it has been going on for a long time. Everybody just kind of looked the other way. But when the batting averages dipped down to about 1968 levels this year yep. and the strikeout rate continued to go up, it seems like somebody must have said somewhere, hey, we've reached the tipping point. We <laughs> need to do something about this. Uh, because it had apparently has been going on, and uh, now all of a sudden it's like, well, it's gotten out of hand. Just like baseball, I think changes the physical makeup of the baseball from time to time. Now they're looking at what else can they do, maybe to increase the pace of play and balls in play, you know, which is what we talked about in one of our recent shows when we got yes. together. We the last time out, we were talking about that. So that kind of seems to factor factor into that. And, you know, where this goes, I don't know. I know I've, I've read today there is some talk about maybe sitting down and getting the players involved and saying, well, maybe we should allow certain substances because pitchers need to be able to grip Grab the, ball, the yeah. baseball. Um, and maybe we're swung too far if we're just absolutely going to say nothing other than rosin is going to be allowed. Uh, so, so where, you know, where that pendulum ends up coming to, I'm not sure, but in the short term, it seems to me to be more case if they want to uh, cut down on the strikeouts, increase the balls in play, and so forth. And the Washington Post of all outlets that I, I came across this today did an examination. Get this. They looked at, and you knew at some point I was going to unload some nerdy statistics on you guys. I'll try not to overdo it. That's what we're here but for, Joe. The, the <laughs> Washington Post analyzed the spin rate Controlled for velocity, by the way. I know velocity is kind of an independent variable here. They looked at nearly 2 million pitches, mostly fastballs, covering 1,400 players and 9,000 games from 2017 to 2021. 70,000 pitches uh, of that group, of that amount, was since June 3rd when this uh, sort of enforcement action was uh, made known. And the spin rate has actually gone down. Uh, since June 3rd, back to pre-2017 levels, which is really the first year when these stats are considered to have any uh, credibility, when they were really kind of becoming part of the analytics world. So it seems to be having the desired effect. Spin rate is down, and the strikeout rate hasn't dropped precipitously, but it has also begun to tack down just a little bit since June 3rd. So the early indications are that this may be having some effect. Plus, Garrett Cole has had two lousy games in a row, and he's moaning and groaning about, well, I can't I can't hold the ball. I can't grip the ball. 
you know, and I might hit somebody, you know, it's for the batter's own benefit that, you know, they're going to yeah. go crazy. Uh, so, and, and the, the video, uh, the post had actually looked at the videotape of pitchers and found that they seemed to be fidgeting with their hand, going to their cap, going to their pants, struggling with trying to grip the baseball more than they had prior to June 21st. And I can just imagine somewhere in the post newsroom, there's a bunch of interns sitting around calling home, mama, mama, I've begun my new summer internship. They got me sitting here watching baseball games and how pitchers pick up the baseball, <laughs> you know, and here we sit talking about it. what is happening? <laughs> what is going on in this world? Yeah. You didn't know, didn't know we needed Bill Nye, the science guy to, to, to take care of all this, right? <laughs> I know. That's exactly right. Let me pile on to what Joe just said. Go ahead, Jay, take us out of here. I agree that this has been going on forever. Suddenly, it's illegal, okay? Now, all along, the pitchers knew that they weren't supposed to be doing this, adding foreign substances to the ball, so now they're complaining that they got caught cheating, okay? I get it. I mean, that's the way they've always done it. Here's what baseball always misses. Start at the lower levels. They've done it with some of the instructional leagues, with the, you know, automated umpires and some of the other rule changes. Here's what you do. You go to the high school in American Legion ball and you tell them you can't put any foreign substance on the ball. Get used to it. And within five to ten years, there won't be any foreign substances on the ball in the major leagues. You can't just spring it on them and make them all of a sudden like it or deal with it or see that it doesn't have any effect on the game. you got to start early with those rules and then move along. Yeah, it's easier to teach a first grader than an adult. I mean, you're absolutely, absolutely right. It's the same principle. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, and I also wonder, you know, the, the cause of analytics because, you know, spin rates become all this conversation and the substance evidently helps the spin rate. So then I think that probably has encouraged more guys who maybe weren't utilizing that yeah. to start using it. And, and then you also got the other aspect of it, okay, uh, you know, the hitters can't really complain about it because they know pitchers on their own team are doing it. So yes. they're kind of caught in the middle in that situation too. You know, back, back to the twins for a second. You've heard the expression Minnesota nice. We do things nice in the twins organization. So twins pitchers are the only team in baseball that have not used any illegal substances over the years, which is probably why they have the lowest strikeout rate on them. Of course, I'm being facetious, <laughs> which is why they have the lowest strikeout rate from their pitching staff of, of any team in the American League. So this will rebound to their benefit so that now everybody has to follow the rules. And actually so this should actually the improve the Twins' performance, I think. I just can't wait till the first time, and I may have missed it, I see an umpire go out and search Zach Granke and see what kind of reaction he has. <laughs> That's a video right there waiting to happen if it hasn't happened yet. Better take out some extra personal injury protection insurances. <laughs> on it, <laughs> yeah, that could be a little bit dicey. Uh, you know, and who was the who was the pitcher? I forget his name, but I guess it was the uh, a pitcher for Seattle who got caught. Hector Santiago. Yes, yes. it is. Yes, yeah, so you know, former twin. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you know, I guess somebody had to figure. Okay, well, I can't get caught doing this, right? <laughs> There's always going to be one. <laughs> They're actually enforcing it. <laughs> Go figure. It's a rule. 
<laughs> oh, I broke the rule. What are you? Why are you throwing me out of the game? Oh, by the way, guys, can I jump in real quick? Quick trivia question. Okay, right, let's go. Uh, it has to do with the All Star Game. I'm looking at the American. One of you guys will probably figure this out. I'm looking at the American League pitching uh, pitchers that are going to be in the All Star Game. What do uh, Ryan Presley of the Astros, Liam Hendricks of the White Sox, Kyle Gibson of the Rangers, and Lance Lynn of the White Sox all have in common? Uh, I, I don't know the specific answer, but I'll bet they all pitched for the same team, Joe. They did. You want to take a wild guess which team that was? I'll bet it was the Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins. <laughs> we grow them right, and then we ship them out. <laughs> I didn't know about Lance Lynn. I, I, yeah, he was, he was a nothing back when he was young. But these guys go away, and, like, Kyle Gibson's having a career year. They're um, in the All-Star well, game. Texas is not, but, but Gibson, holy cow. <laughs> So, 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 Joe, when you get your opportunity to be the guest host of Jeopardy, there, there will be a Minnesota Twins category, right? There will be a separate category <laughs> on the Twins. That's Ab- right. Absolutely. Well, you, you'd have to name the All-Star game where Harmon Killebrew did the splits and, and passed out. <laughs> oh, I, I remember that. 68? Um, yeah, it was late 60s for sure. Yeah. 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 You know, the one reason the Twins haven't dumped Miguel Sano so far is that they are convinced that as soon as he goes somewhere else, he will become the next David Ortiz and hit 40 home runs. (laughs) So they would rather just pay him to strike out rather than see him (laughs) star somewhere else. So so the David Ortiz thing is still haunting them. (laughs) Oh, it's haunting me. Anybody else. I'm sure I'm not alone. (laughs) <laughs> hey, well, well, speaking of David Ortiz's uh, uh, other team, the Boston Red Sox leading the way in the American League East. So I know that's uh, uh, one member in, your, in the Finger household that's happy. Uh, and my wife's happy about that, yes, for sure. Yeah, so, uh, you know. Surprisingly, I didn't think they were – I thought they would be better than they were last year, but uh, I was not expecting this, especially in that division. Is it is Cora – is, is, it, is it all Cora? I mean <laughs> – Well, I tell you what, I, again, I, I'm – I've read a few things like they are a different team with Alex Cora. Uh, they have, they seem sharper, more energetic. He seems to get the best out of his players. I think that's certainly one factor, but they have some guys who were injured last year and struggled. And I think that, uh, you know, they're a little bit healthier this year. They probably put fewer guys on the injured list this year than any other team in baseball. And that's, that can be a big factor. Sometimes yeah. it's not talked about a whole lot. So that's, so that's helped him. It's a combination of things, but Cora certainly has got things firing on all cylinders. I got to tell you. Yeah, and you know, when you look at that division. You know, the Rays are four and a half back. Uh, certainly, uh, will be contenders. Um, you know, I guess the big story. Obviously, we talked a little bit about it earlier. The Yankees ten and a half back. Aaron Boone, hot seat or no? You know, it's funny. Steinbrenner just said no. Which means he is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that would really make me feel reassured, Frank. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think you're always on the hot seat in uh, yeah. in New York. Yeah, and then, uh, uh, then look at, you, at your division, uh, Joe, uh, the White Sox uh, leading the way there. Uh, you know, they look to be really, really solid. We thought they would be a lot better. They spent the money, they, and they've got a few good young guys, but they went out and got guys. We knew they were going to be a contender, and – you know, they've got the uh, geriatric uh, manager back and uh, <laughs> hasn't lost his touch. Um, and they're playing really well. And the Twins are having an offseason. Uh, the Royals and Tigers are, well, they're the Royals and the Tigers. Yes. And uh, the Indians will usually finish one one below the wild card rung. So, um, yeah, I think Chicago's probably going to 
take that division. Yeah, Agreed. yeah, They're very strong. Yeah, and Jay, you have some insight on the American League West because uh, you're in the market of the Texas Rangers, who are yep. woefully uh, moving along at 33 and 52. Although their powder blue uniforms are awesome, uh, <laughs> uh, the uniforms, yes, yeah. But yo, but here are the here are the Astros leading the way, uh, and uh, you know, even with the the taunts of their their past cheating. Uh, coming against them, you know, it's uh, they still have a good ball club. I think the key, uh, and I, I really hate to say this, the key to them is Dusty Baker. Um, when they brought him on last year, they, you know, he was the only guy who could handle that situation. You know, it's, it's us against the world and we deserve it, but we're just going to play, go out there every day and just play. And I think he has made them, pulled them through that, and you know what, although we uh, harp on it, I almost made a comment when you said Cora there about trash can lids, but I didn't. And uh, I think Dusty has them thinking forward. Let's go one game at a time and look at how well they're playing. Yeah, it is. Come on, guys. You, you really think the Astros aren't cheating? It's all a hoax. There is no – wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not political. That's the political show I'm going to get on. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Wrong show, wrong show. No, I think, they're, I think they're playing really well. I have to give it to them. Yeah, they, yep. they've got a lot of guys who are having great seasons. Yeah, you know, the, you know, the team that I'm always, you know, keep an eye on are the Oakland Athletics. You know, the small market, they, they've managed to find a way to do it each and every year, but yep. they just can't get over the hump of the playoffs. You know, I think the – best thing to get them over the hump in the playoffs is to build a new stadium. Yeah. I'm which, serious. Yeah, I know they, it doesn't really mean anything, but you know, they need to fix their situation, whether that means there, whether it means San Jose, whether it means Las Vegas, whether whatever it means. Portland. <laughs> yeah. Portland, yeah. Um, they need to fix their situation. Yeah. So something to be said for that because that yeah. you know they are they are definitely in a relic uh and and basically an abysmal stadium that you know they've they yeah. basically put lipstick on a pig there right yep. <laughs> no question um you know national league you know the new york mets leading the way you know they they battled through a lot of injury problems i think at one point they had they had had uh uh uh, 27 different guys in the lineup uh, uh, through the course of the season. Of course, DeGrom is DeGrom, and, you know, uh, he actually gave up three runs against the Braves, which was a shocker. But uh, Is the I, sticky stuff going to be an issue for him? I was, I was pondering that today. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems to be that he has not really tapered off any. Uh, but, uh, you know, time will bear watching that, that's for sure. You know, and the, you know, the Nationals have rebounded somewhat, but again, Everybody outside of the bets is under 500. So, yeah. you know, this is a, uh, you know, this is a, this is a rush. You know, the, the Braves had that dramatic uh, win on Sunday with a pitcher pinch hitting. Yeah. To win a game in extra innings, Max Freed. Line drive uh, to center field. Yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. And, you know, I, I had to watch the Marlins broadcast because, you know, they black it out uh, mm-hmm. because of the, the, the locality rules and whatnot. And the Marlins broadcast is abysmal to listen to. And I was so happy to have them be shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, who was the uh, Braves player that ran off the bench and almost knocked Freed over on the way to first base? I want to say that was, I want to say it was Heredia. 
It was. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 now that you say it, I was, they were talking about that last night during the Pirates Braves game. <laughs> yes. And how come there isn't like an interference rule? Like if someone else ran on, if you run on the football field, there's a penalty. Yeah. You know, and then like Mike Tomlin stepping in the middle of a kickoff return, you know, things <laughs> like that. You know, I know he didn't affect the outcome of the game, but come on. That was, yeah. I mean, that could have been a, could have been a bad situation. And the manager was not happy with him. I know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he, he is definitely one of the exuberant guys on the team too. So uh, they, you know, you, you hate to tone those guys down, but in some cases yeah. they got to be a little bit, a little bit wiser in, in, in what they do do there. So uh, Milwaukee, they've been like the hottest team in baseball of late. They're leading the Central. You know, the Reds are six games back. They've been a little hot and cold. Um, but, boy, they got a lot of hitters on that team. Uh, they've got the park for it, too. Yes, <laughs> the, the Great America Small Park, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so those are the two leading teams there. And then I think the, the, the obviously the big surprise story of the West, the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Who knew? Yeah, <laughs> one of the oldest rosters in baseball, yes. I understand. A bunch of old-timers who have uh, found rejuvenation. Yeah, uh, so must be something in the water out there or something. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, because I think we talked about this last time. Kevin Gosman did nothing for the Raves last year. Yeah. And now he's like one of the top guys in baseball this year. Doesn't that, doesn't that just kill you, though, Jeff, when that happens? Oh, I mean, it does. It does, because you wonder <laughs> – you know, because you, you, you know, because we got him from Baltimore and you figured, okay, well, you know, he, he can't, he was, he was one of their, their good pitchers on a really bad team. You figure yeah. he was going to bring us something and it didn't never materialize. Yeah, but we, yeah, but we see this every year. I know the twins have certainly had their fair share of guys like that. It's like, what was going on? Was it the atmospheric conditions or something? Um, but yeah, a lot of the guys in San Francisco have really, playing well the question in my mind would be can they you know continue that right over the course of a full season especially when you've got the Dodgers and a yeah, essentially a dead heat with them at this point and yeah the Padres too. and yeah. the Padres absolutely yeah. yeah yeah that's a tough division great race and then, you know I guess the complete opposite story in that division was the woefulness of the Arizona Diamondbacks. What a terrible season. Three and 24 in the month of June. I think that's the worst in the modern era and not counting the strike shortened season in 81. Three and 24. And didn't they break a record for most road losses in a row? They did? Yeah. Yeah. I forget what it was, but yeah, you're right. It was like in the mid 20s, I think. It was in the 20s for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally amazing, and I, I guess the good, the good thing for the for the for the good sports fans in Phoenix is their NBA team is doing well. Yeah, they're in the finals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that compensates a bit. Yeah. yeah, and the Diamondbacks, their futility can go a little bit unnoticed to some degree. Would might might help might help them. <laughs> hey, I've got a, a baseball question. You know, going into this season, everybody thought the Cubs were going to be sellers. And then before you knew it, they were 10 games over 500 and in first place. And now they've lost 11 in a row and they're at or under 500. Uh, You know, I was watching um, the MLB network earlier today instead of working. And uh, they were talking, they said, Chris Bryant's as good as gone. You know, all these guys are as good as gone. I wonder what you guys think about that. 
Well, you know, it's, it, uh, that is interesting because yeah, they 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 were they were bad early on, then they got hot. Yes. Then then they got just and I guess they uh they did they did they lose all the games since getting no hit, right? Yeah, that's when it started. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, very interesting situation. I know Bryant's name has come up really since the beginning of the year because I guess he's yes. in a contract season. So I think yeah, I don't know. I, I it, it seems to me like they're certainly more likely to be uh, sellers at this point, Jay. And Milwaukee's not going to go away. They're going to you know True. that's not that's not a fluke. So yeah, St. Louis in that division, uh, they've been a disappointment as well. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, well, I don't think the there's any, um, you know, quote, very strong teams in the division. Milwaukee is playing well, but, you know, they, they're up and down from year to year. Yep. Uh, you know, the Cardinals are having a below par year. The Reds are a 500 team every year. The Pirates are below 500 every year. I think it doesn't so much hurt the Cubs to sell now because it's not like they were in the uh, – NL West and had to match up with the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers in the near future. I think it's probably smartest for them to sell. That makes sense. Who are the players you think uh, would be targeted other than Bryant? Do you, you think the, the Cubs would part with Rizzo? Yes, I, I do. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I do. I think that's because they can get more for him. Yeah, I would I would think so too. Boy, I'd, you know they're waving the white flag if they trade him. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He's the heart and soul. Mm. If the yeah. price is right, I guess, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, what other things of this baseball season have been uh, interesting to you or to your delight or to your dismay? Yeah. Uh, my, my big, other than the disappointment with the twins, I'm glad to see the Yankees suck this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'll get three votes on that. Yes. Yes. That's been a, that's been a surprise. Um, and the resurgence of the Red Sox has been a surprise. A lot of this we've, we've already covered. I'm just glad to see the season progressing. We haven't had any major COVID related issues that I'm aware of. And uh, you know, so, so, you know, thankful for that and you know on a from just from the standpoint of everyone's health but also getting back into being able to to uh enjoy the game and there's always something you know this whole business with the sticky stuff i mean that's like a throwback to when i was a kid it's like they're out there cheating why is baseball always dealing with a cheating scandal and i know the astros are doing something that we're not aware of probably by the next show we'll have more on that i'll, I'll look into that <laughs> I, I always find it funny too because you know you talk about all the substance but you know but if a but if a pitch hits the dirt they throw that ball out of play yeah <laughs> a good point jeff and remember in the old days they would try to keep that ball in the game because the pitcher would use that scuff to put motion on the ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the same reason they took Emery boards out there in their back pockets and they spit on the ball or used tobacco juice or scuffed up the laces or took a razor blade out there. It's because they want the ball to be like that. And now the minute the ball hits the dirt, they throw it away. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I don't get it. Yeah. So Jay, what do you, you have anything as far as, uh, Yes. Interesting tidbits on the season? I think the entire chaos of the way baseball is now is interesting. Uh, You know, I still, if I'm watching an extra innings game, 
I look up and the first thing I say is, how did that guy get on second base? <laughs> okay. Then I thought that if that guy scored, the pitcher got the earned run. And then I learned he doesn't. Nobody gets the earned run. Who, who gave up that earned run? Nobody did. You know, who poked your eye out? Nobody did. It's, I, I, I just don't, I, you know, I'm not so much for or against it. It's just confusing to me. Then, uh, you know, I would say two thirds of the game, people are shifting. I don't have a problem with it because if you're a major league hitter, you should be able to hit the ball maybe to the left side every now and then. However, you know, the analytics have gotten so involved that, you know, every time you see your guy smack one up the middle, you think, oh, uh, the second baseman is standing there or the shortstop is standing there or the third baseman is in right field and throws you out for medium right field. You know, so we've got the, the, you know, the sticky stuff. We've got the shifts. We've got the guy on second base. We've got seven inning double headers, which I'm in favor of, by the way. Um, it's chaos. And I don't think, it, you know, what it makes it seem like no one's in charge. And I would think many people would say that about uh, Commissioner Manfred, um, that he doesn't have a grip on it. But I don't know the old school way of running baseball where the commissioner is a puppet of the owners works anymore. I think perhaps, and I hate to say this being that I hate politics, a committee might be more effective. And let's say that committee negotiates with the MLBPA, you know, to rule changes, roster sizes, revenue sharing, that kind of thing. So what all this chaos leads to is this offseason, we could have a lockout that lasts for who knows how long. Mm. The contract is up. And we all agree there need to be major changes. You know, we might disagree on what those changes are. But I just think the state of chaos in Major League Baseball is what stands out to me. Mm. And by we the always way, end up wait, talking about that, don't we? I mean, and inevitably yeah. that, that becomes a focal point of what we're talking about. And you're right. I mean, the potential for chaos when the uh, next player's agreement expires, what, in December, whenever yes. it is, uh, looms on the horizon. But can you imagine a strike or a walkout coming two years after a pandemic-shortened season? Yeah. I mean, what? Come on. I mean, that, that – I don't even want to think about that possibility. Yeah, but there it is. Yeah, and I kind of think it kind of plays down to, you know, baseball seems to be – you know, more reactive than proactive. Now, last yeah. year they were proactive because they had to be with a truncated season. And Agreed. by all accounts, I thought that went reasonably well. It right. did. You know, but uh, but by and large, they react to everything. And it's kind of a – sometimes there's a little too much wait and see, you know, as far as that goes. You know, Jay, you know, interesting, you mentioned that, that earned run thing with the extra innings. So unique situation in that in that uh, Marlins Braves game the other day was that the uh, losing pitcher for the Marlins did get charged with an earned run because the original runner on third, who we had thought had scored the winning run, the play was overturned. Right. So the next runner did come across was an earned run. So I, I, I don't I don't have any research that says that's the, for the first time I've seen that instance happen, but it's the first time I've seen it. Yeah, good luck explaining that to someone who's trying to learn baseball. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that kind of stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's baseball. why baseball's great. <laughs> I hadn't yeah. heard about that. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jim. Yeah, so it's all, all sorts of things that uh, the, the keep your head moving. And one thing I wanted to bring up that uh, was interesting is I believe uh, yesterday 
was the 80th birthday of one Terry Cashman. We're talking baseball. Yes. So. And I wonder if, if it got played on any of the broadcasts or on Quick Pitch. Or, I, well, I didn't see it on Quick Pitch, I can tell you that. Or was it played at any stadiums? Or right, exactly. Yeah, that should have been. I mean, that, I agree completely. Yeah, and essentially because I did not see any. I saw some major league MLB programming yesterday, and I don't recall seeing that. But mm-hmm. you know, I could have missed it for all I know. But yeah, uh, but uh, you know, yeah, that's a that's a song that always resonates with me when I think about baseball. <laughs> yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, Great discussion on baseball. And, of course, I know you guys are also here because you like to do the TV themes. That's mainly why we're here, I think. Definitely. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> That's not reason. true. Yeah. It's, it's become, a, it's become a, a focal point of my podcast. So, we you would know. miss it if you, if you dropped it. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will tell you this. You know, I, I must have sent you mine last week. Okay. <laughs> and it's because I was at, waited till the last minute last time. So I grabbed my history of primetime television TV shows, 1946 to whatever. And I started going through it. And so, and then I, you know, I hit mine and I went, Oh, I have to pick that. So we do look forward to it. Okay. Well, we will do that right after this. No Republicans, no Democrats, no team from Washington, no team with a star on the side of their head. We don't even talk about alpha and beta storms around here. And if you believe all of that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Captain and Company in the morning, join me 9 to noon, weekday mornings on OldSchool101.com, because class is always in session around here, virus or no virus. Hello? So the first of two the- TV themes this week, and that was Jay Cresswell's choice from the Bob Newhart show. I got to tell you, um, it was my favorite show of the CBS Saturday night shows in the 70s. I love his dry sense of humor. And when I was reading up on it, I learned that there was a Bob Newhart show in the early 60s which lasted one season. It was a result of his phenomenal Grammy-winning album uh, about a button-down mine. I can't remember the full title of it, which my eighth-grade teacher played for us in 1972, and I couldn't believe it was an 11-year-old album. It was that hilarious, (laughs) and I was the only kid in the class who got it. So um, then the Bob Newhart show came on uh, CBS Saturday nights, and if we'll go back to the beginning and we'll go – MASH, Bridget, or excuse me, All in the Family, Bridget Loves Bernie, Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, and Mission Impossible. 
and Bridget Loves Bernie lasted one season and was replaced by MASH, and Mission Impossible got canceled and was replaced by The Carol Burnett. The best night in the history of television, but just the beginning of the theme to the Bob Newhart show gives me chills, all the way to the end where he says, meow. (laughs) Yes, the old MTM uh, uh, logo uh, drop in there. Yeah, 1972 to 1978, six seasons, 142 episodes, and uh, he was uh, Dr. Bob Hartley. Yes. The psychiatrist. Uh, psychologist, rather. I, I need to make sure I get those terms, especially with yes. Joe here, since he knows a lot about that uh, particular... Uh, All I know is that Emily was smarter than Bob. My <laughs> wife and I have had that discussion because, because my wife is much smarter than I am. And I said, well, I have married Emily. So there was never any doubt about it. <laughs> yes, yes uh, the great Suzanne Plachette, who played his wife, Emily. Um, and then, you know, Bill Daly, next-door neighbor Howard Borden. It, you know, He was always... Yeah, the, really you was. Know, yeah, he always played that 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 uh, kind of half-witted guy yep. to perfection, just like he did on on I Dream a Genie. Yep. Um, Peter Bonners. And, yeah, Peter Bonners was uh, the the uh, the dentist. He went on to produce and direct many, many, many TV shows. Yes, yeah, that was what he was really known for. Marshall Wallace was the receptionist. Carol. Yes. Um, Gosh, let's think. And of course, you know, uh, the, uh, some of the regular patients. Uh, Mr. Carlin. Mr. Carlin, yes. <laughs> <laughs> clients like that is why I'm no longer uh, working in the mental health field. <laughs> so there are clients like that. Yeah, they are. There can be. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he was the one that, who standed out most to me. And in fact, I think he made like one of the all time great TV character lists. Oh, for uh, sure. For his portrayal of, of, of that character. And of course, uh, one of the great things about, uh, uh, about Bob Newhart was always being, hearing the one-sided part of the telephone conversation. Yep. Yep. Well, that's where his album came from. Mm-hmm. You know, in the early 60s, he, he had a one-sided TV or telephone conversation with Abraham Lincoln, and it was hilarious. And so that became his bit. They gave him a show. And then they gave him a show in the seventies and then they gave him a show in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, good stuff there, you know, and, and, and I always think of that cause you know, he was essentially the straight man. Yes. Uh, but he found a way to make the straight man, the center character. Yes. Which ended up what Jerry Seinfeld ended up doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Yeah, good he was stuff. brilliant. He really, he really was. Yeah. And uh, his right. run as a uh, professor proton of the big bang theory is, 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 is outstanding. Not only that, he had a guest star role on NCIS as Dr. Mallard's predecessor, who had early onset Alzheimer's. Yes. He should have won an award for that performance. And, you know, of course, since it's a popular show, you don't get awards. But he was brilliant as a guy with early onset Alzheimer's. Yes, and was not playing a comedy role. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, and he did occasionally have these more serious roles. I seem to recall that he had a short story arc on ER at some point You're back right. in the 90s. I don't recall too much of it offhand, but as you mentioned that, yep. uh, I'm thinking, wait a minute. I remember him playing a, a really surprisingly um, poignant kind of role on a, you know, on a, on a primetime drama. Absolutely. Yeah, good, good stuff there. All right, so now let's hear Joe's theme. 
right. That pick from Joe Finger from the Mod Squad. Joe. And it was like every single show I watched as a child, a Quinn Martin production. <laughs> um, <laughs> just wanted to say that. Funny. <laughs> yeah, the Mod Squad. I remember watching that as a kid and uh, it ran, I think, for about five seasons, 68 through 73. And it basically mm-hmm. had uh, these really cool um, hippie type cops who got off to a kind of a difficult start in life, but were recruited to turn their life around and then join law enforcement. There was uh, Pete, played by Michael Cole. Yep. Uh, there was Link, Link Hayes, played by Clarence Williams III. Ty Andrews was the captain, Captain Adam Greer. And of course, the main reason I tuned in, Julie Barnes, played by the lovely Peggy Lipton. Um, yep. And, you know, it was a typical primetime drama in a lot of ways, but... You know, I was reading up on it a little bit today as well and uh, thought, well, yeah, it was kind of, in, in some sense, a little bit ahead of the curve. They took on a lot of storylines and issues of the day uh, back in the late 60s and early 70s that maybe other shows would have shied away from. Uh, here, here's a short list. Uh, abortion, domestic violence, child abuse, illiteracy, slum lords, the anti-war movement, illegal immigration, police brutality, student protests, sex education, soldiers returning from war, racism, euthanasia, and illegal drugs. Man. Now, they that were, was 1970. They were or, was a it, or was it 2021? I mean, what yes. has really changed, right? They were a couple years ahead of, you know, the All in the Family mod. Yes. Jefferson's thing. And, yeah. you know, ABC took more chances back then because they were the third network. But they were so brilliant and ahead of the time by, you know, Mod Squad in 68. That's pretty, you know, CBS was still showing Hee Haw and Petticoat Junction and Gunsmoke at that time. Mm-hmm. So they were really ahead of the game. And it kind of reminded me of a, of a show I had as a theme some sometime earlier in the past year, Room 222, which took yep. on some themes in the classroom. Oh, yeah. Uh, that were a little bit ahead of the time. And that, the that show was, there was a little bit of overlap in terms of when these programs were on the air. Yeah, uh, like the White yeah. Shadow did some of those yeah. types of things in the, in the 80s. You know? yep. It's like, yeah. yep. And, uh, I, you know, Clarence Williams had just passed away about a month ago, in fact. Yeah. I think it was 81, 82. And Peggy Lipton died a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, and Pete, uh, um, Michael Cole is still living, I think, among the three key characters there. He's 81 and still alive and apparently doing okay. Yeah. And, you know, would, would they, you know, because I believe part of that story of, you know, taking these uh, uh, troubled youths, if you will, and, and turning them into law enforcement types. I mean, I guess, you know, would that happen today? I mean, other than, you know, being a, you know, a CI, a, an informant. I mean. I, you know what? I'm sure there's too many legal obstacles yeah. where people would be afraid to do that. Uh, what was the movie where they took Bridget Fonda and made her an assassin? Mm. I can't believe I can't think of it because I love the movie. But yeah, I know, you know the one you're thinking about. But yeah, I don't. I don't think he was a gonna... troubled kid with drug yeah. charges and everything else, and you know they made her an assassin is what they did in exchange for letting her be free. And I think you know that's solely going to be in the movies and TV shows now. Yeah, because what I what I had read was some of these storylines were basically based on uh, one of the creators or. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, Bud, you know, Bud Ruskin, the yeah, creator, said it was on, kind of yeah. loosely, loosely based on some experiences he had as a uh, uh, working in undercover law enforcement back, I think, in the late 50s, early 60s. So, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, but very interesting. The, the it, I don't know if it if it's good or bad that you know they're covering those those issues then that you know we still see today. Although the, 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 yeah. the verbiage is a little bit different. I don't think you're going to hear him going around saying solid, keep the faith, pad, dig it, and groovy. I mean that was kind of <laughs> hip at the time, but we have to you have to change the uh, the script a little bit. But but still, kudos <laughs> to uh, to the program at the time. Yeah. Well, I got to say is, uh, you know, when we get together to do this, it's always a groovy time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really a rad thing to say, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jay Cresswell, Joe Finger, as always, we thank you for our baseball analysis. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, convene again as we uh, start to head down the home stretch of the baseball season. Sounds good, Jeff. Happy to do so. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.